Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Design Recharge. I'm Diane Gibbs, I'm your host, and I'm excited to have Colin Tierney here. And he's a calligrapher, he's a brand designer, he also is in a shoe store and not <laughs> has a lot of shoes. And him and Terrence are friends, but yeah, we are. <laughs> they don't just have a weird thing with shoes. So I <laughs> um, just want to welcome everybody. You can always say hey in the chat, but Colin, give us a, a little bit of your background and where your love for design started and then when you knew you really liked lettering and calligraphy. Sure. Um, I would say right after college, I traveled for you know, two or three years, not really knowing what I wanted to do. I traveled, I graduated uh, from Towson University with a design degree. And I, you know, I always had a love for art and um, the fine arts and I went into design, but I really didn't know what I wanted to do. So I traveled for a little while and then I kind of, I started to appreciate uh, logo design and I joined a community called Logo Pond. I would say almost eight years ago now, and I really loved how it was a, as a community from designers from all over the world, and I loved the idea of a clever logo design. It didn't even really have any meat or background to them. A lot of a lot of the, a lot of them were just you know made up for fun ideas. And um, I decided to dive in and try it myself and, you know, make up brand names and, you know, try to emulate styles and uh, kind of kicked it off from there and uh, joined the Dribble community um, not too long afterwards. So how many years was this? I'd say eight, eight years ago when I first started to dive into, you know, the idea of possibly going freelance or, you know, just getting my name out there. Um, so were you working as a designer? So you traveled all over the world just like traveling? Um, yeah, I lived in Colorado. Um, I lived on the East Coast, Ocean City. So I, I had like the, the beach, the mountain scene, just wanted to get out there and just explore and experience new things. So were you designing when you were living in these places? I was. Well, I, I continued to draw. I always had a little notebook. I was a, uh, a lifty um, in Colorado, in Telluride, and that is the most boring job alive. <laughs> you literally just see people going round and round and getting off the lifts. You're operating the lift and helping or stopping it if somebody's sure. attached I was a, or yep. not, right? Yep. Had to help you know, the kids get on and off or the utterly, but we had some really slow days and, you know, I just bundle up in, inside the little, <laughs> well, sometimes it was always outside. They actually required you to maintain your position outside so you could kind of greet and meet the guests. But after a while we, <laughs> we headed into the shack and kind of did our own thing. Uh, and I was drawing and designing, I guess you could say. And every once in a while, you know, I brought my laptop out with me wherever I went and I'd bring it onto the computer and start digitizing it. That's when it all kind of started. That's cool. So you would you ski or snowboard down with your computer? 
No, I didn't have my computer with me. I would just draw, like conceptualize. <laughs> I was like, man, you must be really good that you never fall. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so, um, so then, how many years were you kind of steady, or, you know, living in Colorado and then on the East Coast? The whole traveling thing was probably two to three years, I'd say. Okay. Um, I settled down back on the East Coast uh, here in Maryland, and um, I, didn't, I still didn't really know what I wanted to do, uh, but I decided to, I had a lot of serving jobs, uh, just a lot of random jobs, and all the while I was still trying to apply for different positions, uh, design related. Right. No one ever, no one ever bit. <laughs> And you were still doing the logo pond kind of community still. So not just only working with calligraphy, like, right. But that maybe the hand, what were you doing hand lettering at the time? No, I was not. My love or appreciation for lettering didn't come until I'd say seven years ago, a little while afterwards. Um, two specific designers, uh, Claire Couillon, She's a French lettering artist, and Sergei Shapiro, I hope I'm saying his name right, uh, really inspired me to kind of delve into the hand lettering calligraphy world. And I reached out to them. They were friendly enough to reply back and give me some pointers. Claire, she was awesome. She, she went through every single project with me when I started. You know, there were personal projects. And she would critique them and just give her two cents. And I'm forever grateful for what she has done for me. Were you doing these via Skype or Instagram? Well, Instagram wasn't around, but like, how were you doing these? Email? Yeah, I don't think any of those existed. Uh, it was definitely email. Yeah, maybe a little Facebook, but. Regular mail, Carlos says. That would have been mail. cool to get. I bet her lettering would have been great coming back, right? Snail mail. Yeah, that would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know how to say her name, but maybe I can get you to tell me what it is so I can put it in the show notes. And sure. Also, sure. awesome. okay. Uh, I'll get, get that yeah, one. Yeah. So, all right. So you start it, seven years ago, and then you, but you start from the beginning. You reached out to somebody who was an expert, and then they helped you, right? Correct. Mm -hmm. all right. I also, um, all the while I was studying a lot, um, obviously surfing the internet, um, I was literally copying work, never showcasing it, but I, I wanted to really understand how they were making those curves mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, vectoring an illustrator or whatever, whatever you use. And so, yeah, I, I would just copy the work, understand how they made a letter work uh, within, you know, the digital realm. And I would read a lot of books. I would reach out to others, question, always question. Um, and I was very grateful. You know, today, I don't know what it is, but when, when people reach out and not just to me, but I've spoken to others about this as well. It's like they reach out, ask a question, and you give them a thorough response. 
and nothing. You don't get a, a reply, a thank you, or anything. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> so I think I think you goes a long way. And oh yeah, definitely. Oh it oh Scotty says it's the worst. Yes, yes. So, um, realistically, if somebody gives you the takes the time to give you the feedback, or you ask the question maybe you're not ready for the feedback could be um, or maybe they're not really wanting to practice as much as maybe what would require um, who knows but a thank you is pretty simple and pretty easy to start, yeah right yeah and I don't remember the names or anything like that but <laughs> you're not making a list no but you do remember the people who reply back and appreciate mm -hmm. the thought that went into the critique or response, you know? So, uh, Bert says from Vera Cruz, he says, thank you, Colin. I've never written you. <laughs> so he's making sure you're, he's not on that list. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but everything you're doing, thank you very much for everything you're doing for the lettering community. It's really appreciated. Um, you're welcome. Carla said, yes, yeah, sometimes people are just looking for people to praise them and they hate it when you give them a critique. So, yeah, it's a touchy subject for a lot of people. So I always ask this usually with letters. Um, was your handwriting um, pretty good always, or has have you seen it improve? Like your regular writing. I always made an effort throughout my whole life. I don't know what it was, but I always wanted to have neat handwriting. And actually... My mom gave me my, uh, I don't know, second, first grade journal. Really? And I brought it with me. Can you show us something? Yes. Let me make sure this is the right one. <laughs> okay. Thursday. I didn't even spell anything right. <laughs> Look at this thing. Oh, that's great. Oh, wow. That's really good. Oh. <laughs> well, that's pretty good. Do it closer. Unless you don't want to share what it says. <laughs> Today I did the cursive W. I have learned a lot of cursive. I did A, D, G, C, yeah. Cursive is a lot of fun. I think I'm real good at cursive. Some people's handwriting, I spelled that R-I-T-E-I-N-G, at school is slope. And I think I meant sloppy. <laughs> That's pretty good. Well. For just learning cursive? I'm not sure about that. But the fact that I cared about it at that age, I, I forgot I even wrote that. So... <laughs> Well, and you, I mean, that you really liked it from second grade. I learned in third grade. Did you really learn cursive in second grade? Yes. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I just always remember enjoying perfecting handwriting. Hmm. Uh, I always have. Or, you know, just even in high school or middle school, I'd, I'd write on my books that we had to cover with, you know, paper bags mm -hmm. at the time. And I remember trying to emulate graffiti artists or something and just come up with different styles, literally draw letters. So it wasn't all writing. 
Right. Did you know what graphic design was when you went to college? Yes. So I kind of wanted to be a, some sort of fine artist. I loved illustration my whole life. I always, I always was drawing. But um, I quickly realized, actually within the first week, that it's really hard to come out of school with a fine art degree. Not that it's not, it's not, not that it's not possible, it definitely is. And I realize that more now that you can do pretty much anything you, you want. But at the time, I was, I was steered more towards the design community. So within the first week, I, I knew what I wanted to do, and it was graphic design. Well, a lot of times it's more of a practical, like people, like your parents can like put it together. So I just want to remind people that these are not your shoes, right? You're, you want to tell them where you are and why, am, you're at, why you're here? I am at my dad's office in Hagerstown, Maryland. Um, he runs a shoe company called Super Shoes. And they are located up and down the East Coast. This is the macro office. And this is where I've been residing <laughs> or going to, uh, to, the, to my office for this pretty much the whole summer while we have been waiting to move into our new home in a little town called Shepherdstown. I'm afraid to name the state after that, but I am now a uh, West Virginian. <laughs> All right. So how far is this, is the store from where your house is? Our new house, which I just moved into a week ago, about 30 to 40 minutes. It's okay. about five minutes from my parents' house where we were living through the whole summer waiting on our new house to be move-in ready, livable, really. <laughs> and it, it's supposed to, it was supposed to have internet today, but it's just because he moved in last, so we had to do it from the shoe store. But we're yeah. getting flexible. We don't care where you, we just want you, so we're, we don't, you can be anywhere. We just need good internet, and they have good internet there. So. They do, they do. All right, so good thing to know about your handwriting as a child. Mine was not that nice, I guess. Probably still isn't. But anyway, um, so when did you start taking calligraphy more serious? Was it seven years ago or was it just hand lettering then? And then you kind of went into calligraphy later. And there's really a lot of calligraphies wider than what people think. It's not just like, it's a art form in itself, Correct. right? Correct. I'm seeing a lot of this hashtagging of faux calligraphy mm. and I don't get it because if you're writing, it doesn't matter what utensil you're using, it's still calligraphy. It's the art of writing. So a lot of people are, are hashtagging this, this faux calligraphy and they're, and they're using a Crayola. I've seen that or whatever, but it's, it's still calligraphy. There's nothing faux about it. Right. Anyways, um, I started hand lettering and then I moved to calligraphy. Uh, a lot of people think that's backwards. I don't know. It might be. It could be. I do know you understand the letter form a little better when you start out with with calligraphy. <laughs> <laughs> it's embedded in my head. <laughs> but um, yeah, I started hand lettering, and and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, whether you start calligraphy with calligraphy or you start with hand lettering, 
It's just getting to that point, you know. So what's really the difference between calligraphy and hand lettering? So the difference That's a question, but I think that'll be a good thing to Sure. Yeah. The difference is calligraphy is the art of writing beautifully, if if you'd like to say that. And hand lettering is the art of drawing letters. Mm. So if you're in a fluid motion writing, that would be calligraphy. I hashtag a lot of my work with both calligraphy and hand lettering. And a lot of people don't understand that. But the reason is I start off writing mm -hmm. the phrase, the word, and then I go back and refine it. And that refinement would be the process of hand lettering. Right. Good to know. Yeah. You answered it there. Okay. So, um, but it's a difference between getting serious about it and starting to practice it and then doing custom branding with it. And I know you were already part of Logo Pond, which was a community people who really enjoyed making logos, but you weren't doing hand lettering logos or calligraphy logos at that time. So when did you kind of mesh them together and were, were like, hey, I'm going to try this? Well, can you hear me? Can you ask that one more time? Yes. Sorry. Um, sorry. It went out. Okay. It, it, am I okay? Can you hear yep. me now? Is mm -hmm. it me? Um, maybe somebody can, <laughs> you look like you were like, I'm having an important message from the president coming through right now. Like, that's what it looked like. Like you were Walter Cronkite. Um, <laughs> I'm not that cool. <laughs> but it was, you did it really serious and you're, what was that? Anyway. I didn't so know if it was my headphones. I got these gargantuan headphones on me. <laughs> okay. So the question was, there must've been some point of you drawing and um, hand lettering and doing calligraphy and then you deciding to put it together with branding and deciding to make that like, Hey, I'm going to brand someone using my hand lettering. Right. You know, they, you can agree with this or not. I don't even know where I stand, but they say everything under the sun has been done. So mm. in typographic slash mark, Mm -hmm. uh, dominant logo design right you tend to come across a lot of the same ideas and you know it's a gray area whether or not something is derived from an older or a previous design from another designer it's hazy with lettering I, I just really again it, it went back to my days of always appreciating hand lettering mm -hmm literally cursive writing and just really enjoying the, the idea of being able to literally read it, but just by stylizing it a certain way, mm -hmm. it would evoke a different feeling or, you know, mm -hmm. I don't know. And I, I always appreciated that. So how long ago did you take that step and do your first brand in because, I mean, I've never done that. Well, I've done that once, but I've pretty much never done that. Like, I guess I there's not enough confidence. Like, I love that as a kid in second grade, you were like, and I'm good at this. Like, what happens to us that makes us stop doing that? Like, you know what I mean? It was like your first day doing cursive, and you're like, I'm good at this. And I think really it just came naturally to you, and you appreciated it, and it, it just felt right, right? And as a second grader, you couldn't maybe – get all those words together, but 
it felt right and you thought you were good at it, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, also in second grade, I wanted to be a NBA basketball player. <laughs> really. Michael Jordan was my hero. And then when I stopped growing <laughs> uh, and Michael Jordan retired from the NBA, Tiger Woods came into uh, professional golf. And I was like, I want to be a professional golfer. I have the height for that. Yeah. And I played basketball and golf every day of my life once they were introduced to me. Hmm. There was always a basketball in my hand or a club. And uh, so I never knew I was going to be a, a hand lettering artist, but I definitely had an appreciation for it. Um, and my first, my first job was in 2011, hand lettering job. And it was for a company called, uh, or a business called Wellness Mama. Hmm. And she has a really big following online. If, if you haven't heard of her, she, she does a lot of organic um, recipes or, you know, a lot, of, a lot of green aspects around her brand. So. so Bob just asked if he knew you would have had an amazing beard as a child. <laughs> oh, Bob. I know. But so did the wellness mama come to you and say, hey, I've seen your stuff. I want you to do this. Or was this just a regular client coming to you and then you decided to um, solve it that way? This was my cousin's wife. But still, it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. But that helps. They knew I was into mm. uh, identity design, branding. And I, I came up with a lot of my own, you know, fake business mm -hmm. brand names. And a, a lot of it, a, a lot of my work that was never for actual clients, still, they, they were still published in books. So I think they saw that I, I was capable and they had no idea that I was going to provide them with a, a, a logo type hand letter logo type but with the help of Claire Kuyan um, she definitely steered me in the right direction because I really wanted to get into this mm -hmm. and they and they loved it and they're still using it to this day so what year was this 2011 I believe so this is four years that you then you started doing it professionally like you can claim four years ago for wellness mama you took it. Yeah. For, yeah. I, I would say, and it was like two, the end of 2010, but yeah. Okay. So Daniel would love to see some of your faux business logo design. So is there any place they can see those? The, yeah. Uh, Logopon.com backslash Colin Tierney. I hope that's right. I haven't been on Logopon. And well, I just put it in the chat so somebody can look and see if it is. And I will have it in the show notes as well. So unless I didn't spell something right. So um, Link says that's right. Forward slash. Did I not do a forward slash? Yeah, uh, that's it. Oh, I wrote. Okay, yeah. Okay. So, um, all right. So, oh, go ahead. Just... Uh, it's about half and half. Okay. 
Not so all half of them are real, are. half are not? Yep. Okay. Um, all right. So somebody, uh, Mariala, and again, I'm so sorry if I'm butchering people's names. It's a beautiful name, I'm sure, uh, if it's not said by me. If you told me how to say it, I could say it good. But she said, I think it's a woman, but maybe not. Who knows? Anyway, this person asks, how do you fight against comparison, especially in hand lettering? Because it is huge, and this is a really big question. I love this question. How do I fight comparison? Yeah, fight against it. <laughs> not fight it. comparison. Let's get these people out of the way. Yeah, put on my boxing gloves. Right. Um, it's That's difficult. I mean... I'm sure for even the Jessica Hishes out there, it, it doesn't matter who you are. I mean, you're always comparing yourself to someone, whether whether you realize it or not, whether you mean to. Um, for me personally, after I post something on social media, I shut it off. And I've only been doing this for about a year now. It's, it's good and bad because sometimes, um, you know, questions kind of get lost or I should probably be replying with thank yous. And, and I do make sure I do that every once in a while. But for me, in the way I work, I know that the best way f for me to combat that, I, I would have to leave social media because as a lot of people know, and for me especially, you can get, you can start browsing and searching and the next thing you know it, you're three hours deep. <laughs> right. So. Yeah. It can kind of take over time as well as even your internal, um, what, did people like it? Did they not like it? Did I do something wrong? Or is, do you ever do stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah. And it sucks when people when people don't like your work and and they let you know uh it it's never a good thing. I do keep a folder in my email that oh, I forgot what I labeled it it might be it might be like feeling down question mark mm. and it's it's from it's emails from people who let me know that I am inspiring them mm. and that I'm doing a good job. It's, it's just a good way to go back and see or, or, you know, a good reason for us to know that why we're doing this. That you're making a difference. Sure. They're always going to be haters. Somebody said to me one time, well, if nobody's complaining, then you don't have enough followers or you don't have enough um, listeners or whatever. And because, and there's always going to be somebody and you should always, I think there's always ways to improve, but you also have to have that um, mentality of being able to say, well, I, I don't think that's true. And this is why, and you have to be able to analyze it to some extent. Um, and it helps your confidence in a weird way. Right. I mean, if all you're getting is crap. Maybe you should relook at something, but <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh Luckily, the internet isn't always like that, though. There are some good things about it. Uh, we wouldn't be able to be doing this live interview right now. So. That's right. Um, yeah, I remember a year ago, I received a message from, and it was on a, a Facebook post that just said, your calligraphy is sloppy. I was like, really? <laughs> Thanks. 
But it's slope, buddy. That's how you say it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, but the but you know what I think that people are a lot of people are jealous or people some people just aren't very positive and those aren't the people you want to be around anyway, right? No. Exactly. So we got a bunch of questions. So we got to get through. So um, Kyle has one, and it's very similar to the one that Nate uh, Bear sent us. Um, Well, sort of, not really, I guess. I'm going to just read Kyle's first. So what has motivated you to keep going for so many years? Because four years doing this and building brands doing this is a a lot of time, actually. Yeah. I'll be honest. Some days I would love to explore a different – aspect of of design you know um sometimes i really want to go back to the illustration side of things but i know where i'm at and it you know i know that i'm i'm starting to really enjoy hand lettering and calligraphy and i've always enjoyed it like i said but now i'm seeing progress And that's inspiring my me myself enough to just keep at it, keep going. And you know, on the off days, if I'm not feeling it, I'll break out the old uh, fake branding logos or whatever, and or just an illustration. And you know, on a rainy day, I'll I'll be doing that. Well, so there were a couple questions that came on. Uh, while you were talking about this and about how do you get over the negative thoughts or how do you get over other people's negativity? Do you have any, like besides turning it off, is that really the best solution for you or is there anything else? Um, Like I said, I keep that folder for a reason, (laughs) but for the most part, yeah, turning, shutting down for a little bit, just taking a step back, asking yourself, why are you doing this? It's not for the people who are naysayers and just, you know, taking a step back and then taking four steps forward. Mm. So, um, you do, it's, you don't have one style. You actually do for the brands. It's really different for each one. How do you determine the feel or, and, I can only imagine if you're practicing, you have to practice a lot of different styles all the time. Mm-hmm. How do you determine what kind of style should go for which client? Um, a lot of it is based on the client's initial goals and their business's audience or customers. Mm-hmm. And, and you base a lot of it around that. Um, I do a lot of research my wife and I often go antiquing mm-hmm. and a lot of, a lot of the times it's just to look and snap pictures, you know, come up with some ideas for the, for the home or an idea for design. And, um, you know, I surround myself with old things every day, for instance. Oh yeah. 1939. That's when I was born. I'm just kidding. Yeah. And it's it's soap or oil or something like that. White lentiment. Yeah. Lentiment. I just really love the monogram and you know. Or I I have I have a lot of these random books. Oh yeah. Really old. That's like eighteen eighties kind of um art. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, it has a little bit of the etching vibe going on. Um, or just like old, old tins. Mm. Oh, yeah. And matches. Oh, yeah. So I get inspired by that. And a lot, well, a lot of times, these are all vintage items, but surrounding myself with them really inspire me. And a lot of the work I've done aren't related to anything, you know, from the vintage era. It's, it's more modern, but um, can definitely get some inspiration from looking at or just surrounding yourself with these types of items or, you know, even just going outside. I'm at my desk. We all are for the majority of the day. Mm -hmm. We just get outside. That's It helps. For sure. Okay, so let's remind people these are not your shoes. You're at your dad's store, and he sells shoes. Yeah, he uh, <laughs> runs a retail company. Somebody um, was like, Terrence, you got some work to do. Because <laughs> he, you know, my not, we couldn't see all of Terrence's shoes last week. Exactly, <laughs> right? That boy has a lot of shoes. <laughs> right, Sophia says, um, Terrence wins. And Kyle says, what is outside? I know you're being silly, Kyle, but you need to go outside after yeah. this. Just wait just a little bit longer. So how long did it take for you to see notable improvement? Because I feel like with craligraphy, and I, we're going to get into that in just a second. So with craligraphy, you know, people are trying. People are wanting to to start doing this, and they want to make this beautiful. But really, it takes a lot of time to get it going beautifully. And I think Bob is a great example um, to look at Bob. Bob's perfect. Yeah you know, he takes you through the whole thing. He did over 500 days, I think. Right, Bob? Um, and it I wasn't reference, like I reference Bob's work to beginners all the time. I said, yeah. if, you, if you haven't or you don't follow Bob Ewing, you need to. But go all the way back, right? He's, he's the perfect example of doing something every day and committing himself. He obviously has a love for hand lettering. It shows in his work. You go from day one to the very last day and up until now of his hashtag lettering project that he was doing. Just okay. the improvement is amazing. Yeah, so it's Ewing. E-W-I-N-G is Bob's last name. And I don't know. Bob, write your Instagram handle because that's the one I definitely think is a good one to kind of go all the way back and see. And it gives you feel like, like maybe I can do it too. Oh, at Bob Ewing with the underscore. Thank you. Um, so how long do you think it took you? I mean, now granted you were doing this, so four years and then you started doing branding. Um, I mean, you had a love for it for eight years and you were doing drawing and, and I think you probably always had that detail, right? You loved that detail. Mm -hmm. um, but how long did it take for you to see some notable improvement? With hand lettering or calligraphy? Because... Let's do both as separate. Can you okay. do it separately? Sure. Maybe. Since I started off with hand lettering, we'll start there. Um, I would say after a year, I looked at my, my work that <laughs> I never published, and I saw a significant difference. I tell people that all the time. Do something 20 minutes a day at, at minimum. You know, look back a year from now and laugh because that's what you're going to do. And same thing with calligraphy. I, I picked that up around 2012. And I remember writing 
for me, it was hours every day. I, I bought every kind of brush pen, <laughs> every dip pen. You know, I, I tried copper plate for a while, <laughs> uh, brush calligraphy, and I would just devote myself to doing to practicing every single day. And again, a year afterwards, I looked at my work and <laughs> it was bad. And even from, you know, so 2013 would be a year after calligraphy. And I look back at 2013's work and I still laugh. I look back at last week's work and I laugh. <laughs> because you're always improving, right? And you can always get better. But it's not to say that you would laugh at anybody else. You actually, I mean, you didn't No, laugh like we're that, our own right? worst critics. Right, so. right. And again, we, like I said, I'm not <laughs> We're not going to be the bully out there, you know, commenting on their posts saying this sucks, but, or, but keep going, right? Yeah, You're just yeah. keep going this, you know, good start or whatever. Right. Try to be um, encouraging. Yeah. So who, so this is a kind of a question Sam's asking at the same time in a way um, you were practicing every day. Were you giving more than 20 minutes or about 20 minutes? When I started off, mm -hmm. It was several hours a day. Okay. I, I work. I'm a, I'm a night owl. I still am. Um, should probably back up a little bit just so people aren't confused. I work a day job for a blue collar boot company. It's. I started off. Um, I was contracted, and then it turned into a full time job, and I work remotely. And a lot of the work I do is branding for the micro brands mm -hmm. and it's cool. You know, I get to see a lot of my work on shoes and I, it's actually a sister company to super shoes, but they're more into the manufacturing side. Super shoes is more into the retail side. So I would, you know, finish work, all, you know, all the while still kind of doodling and, and writing things down all the time. Um, and so I would be up until, you know, two or three in the morning every single night just practicing because I, I wanted it. I wanted to be good. I wanted to get better. And really that's what it comes down to. Do you want to do it? Do you want to be good at it or don't you? Yeah. Well, and it, it's that you have to get over yourself that it doesn't have to be perfect and that you're going to keep improving, but just keep at it. Right. Exactly. You're yep. not going to be perfect straight out of the box. Right. So and you have to practice with intention. You can't just like jot down. I mean, yes, it definitely helps. I run these weekly calligraphy challenges where I try to encourage people to write whatever the challenge is for that week. I think last week was a uh, grocery list. It's little things like that. People who say they don't have the time for if you if you make time for it and you find ways to to practice even if it's a simple list of things to do you'll get better you know right so um claudia asked a question and it says she loves writing uh and drawing letters but she also wants to be able to digitize them because that's really the second part of this and you even saw i mean if you guys looked at the little video i made i had um 
Colin had written Creative South in a black Crayola marker. And then, and I tried to put it right on top of it. And some of it, you really didn't change at all, but some of it you did, like you adjusted some kerning, I believe, um, and especially the South was mm -hmm. more adjusted. And so you could see that. And um, that's all happening in that digitization process. So, and she's really intimidated using Illustrator uh, or, and maybe people are using something else as well. So I'm not, she said, I'm not sure where to start. Do you have any tips or resources that you would recommend? I do. Um, again, some people might frown upon this, but I don't care because I'm saying take my work, you know, um, right click, save as, bring it in into Illustrator and try to figure out how I might have worked the curve. Mm -hmm. with uh, Bezier handles and uh, read books. Uh, Skillshare has some great teachers on there that, that teach about digitizing letter forms. Um, there's a book called the lettering, uh, shoot, the lettering Bible, I believe. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Do you want to say Babel? I'm just kidding. I know that's not what you were saying. <laughs> I don't know if I'm naming it right. <laughs> I know. I was just playing. Uh, yeah, just study other work. Uh, you know, Doyle Young, great hand lettering artist. He has three uh, phenomenal books that I definitely recommend. They are pricey, but, you know, it's an investment. Dale? Doyle. Oh, Doyle. Doyle. D-O-Y-L-E? Yep. Okay. I'll put those in the show notes also. Oh, wait. No, no. It's oh, Doyle. D, uh, Doyle. Oh. <laughs> it's okay. I got it. Thank you, people. Oh, you sure. also are awesome. I know. That's okay. Um, all right. So, so don't get intimidated. Um, Really, Claudia, is just about practicing. Just as much as you had to practice getting your letter forms right, you have to practice in Illustrator. And, um, it, it and I'll be covering it. I'll be covering it in crayography. Perfect. Okay, let's get on to crayography a little bit. Because um, we already kind of talked about critiquing. And a little bit, you also have this group, the Slack group that you're um, a part of with Eric Friedrichsen and Scotty Russell and Terrence Tang and... Um, Scott Biersack and some other letterers. And Daniel, then there's some people who are. Pardon? Daniel. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. High, uh, high pulp. High pulp. That's right. I called him popcorn. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, and Daniel's here. So, um, but you guys all kind of are together and you can get feedback and it's a trusted group. So it may be also that you need somebody that is more, that you're, have more uh, contact with regularly for you yeah. to get feedback on a regular basis because you also build trust and it's not like they hate you or you would take it too seriously they would be able to say I know, hey I know you've been working on this but maybe I think you should try this or something so there's that trust factor yeah we encourage each other every single day uh, we critique each other every single day or <laughs> I'd say our work but <laughs> right we also have a fun little uh, I guess side slack group channel like uh, channel uh, where we do have a little you know comedy relief but um, yeah surround yourself with like-minded people mm -hmm. 
I consider some of these guys really good friends, you know, they're the people I talk to them more than I talk to my mom or my dad. <laughs> and that's, you know, it might be sad to say, but look, we're all in this together. We all want to help each other. And I encourage anyone who's, who's at maybe the beginning level to find other beginners to, to surround themselves with, you know, right. You can only benefit from it. And so, and Daniel said, uh, Terrence put up in the chat and he said, Claudia, a lot of people post their work, their vector work, showing the points and the handles, uh, showing those toggles, um, find those and study those. And it's about doing that research, I think as well. And Daniel said, Hey, yeah, that's how I learned. So, all right. Exactly. So what was the, Hardest thing um, to master in regards to lettering, and then maybe what's the hardest thing to master in regards to calligraphy? Are they two different things? Yeah. Yeah. Um, for lettering, I would say understanding the letter form, seeing what works, what doesn't work, what does that A look, as you know, in the design community, we say bonky or, uh, or slope. Yeah. Or like, <laughs> yeah. Or why does it look good? You know, compare and contrast, um, for digitizing lettering specifically. Yeah. Hashtag slope lettering. Exactly. For digitizing lettering, it's, it is, it's trying to find that point on the curve, you know, that works well and balancing it with the, the perpendicular point with the handles going vertically, you know, a lot of times it, there's no rules, but there are some, I would say maybe guidelines to follow, but you, you want, you want to try to maintain a, a horizontal or vertical Handles, yeah, exactly. And a lot of times the horizontal handle, handles or point with the handles will go at the top of the letter and at the bottom and the vertical on the sides. And it's just find, finding the balance between the two handles. Right. And so you have a point in the middle. And so what I think one of the things Colin's saying, you want them to be both, you don't want a toggle to be like this or like no. this or like this or, you know, they can yeah, be you shouldn't break your anchor. Be, you know, it doesn't mean that they physically have to be vertical, but that, that you want them both in the same, in a line, if the point's in the middle, right? Absolutely. And Daniel just said an important thing. He said you learn to trust your eyes over time, and I couldn't agree with that more. And that's really, you know what, that's looking at those, the vintage stuff. When you're going out and you're looking, and you're if you're studying that, like really looking, why is that letter? Why does that monogram look so good? What is it about the weight of the the main stroke as opposed to the hairline stroke? You start looking and finding those things. I know that when students start drawing, a lot of times they don't. Um, the curved letters fall below that baseline just a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's okay. called an overshoot. Right, it, but it actually it grounds it. If if it actually Absolutely. laid on that baseline, it would it looks like it it doesn't rest in the same spot, so it, it doesn't look as as balanced of a letter. So there are lots of things that really it's surrounding yourself with this great um, vintage stuff that probably yeah. helps you as well. Yeah, uh, 
you, you really need to humanize your letter forms, if that makes sense. Like, be more organic about it and not so geometric. I remember when I started off uh, with, let, with hand lettering and, and I started to alter typefaces mm -hmm. or try to create my own. Oftentimes I would, I would think that I would just take the same width. Mm. Uh, you know, I'd start off with a circle and a square and I'd create continuity throughout each letter. And it really just does not work like that. You have to, you have to optically see what's going on. You have to visually see the organic letter forms and, you know, that's, that's a lot of, it, it's all, it's all about feel. And I did not understand that at first. That's for sure. Well, it's kind of like riding a bike. You are on training wheels for a while until you get the feel and then you get off of the training wheels and you can ride and it, it's a balance, right? You, right? Sort yeah. Of? Yeah. And it's interesting. You, you said that I, in one of my craigraphy posts, I, I reference um, a golf swing <laughs> Because as a golfer, you, you learn each technical aspect of your swing from start mm -hmm. to finish. And in calligraphy, you do that as well. You know, you kind of start off. Yeah. Whether you're going down, you're going to have a thicker stroke, going up. And you're not going to say all those technical things while you're writing. But if you understand it, and you practice, it just comes naturally after a while. Right. All right, so let's talk about craigalligraphy. So I've got my little pipsqueaks, which are really small and cute, and they actually say pipsqueak. And then I have the regular ones. So why, you know, I know you get the question a lot um, of what pin is that, and why do you, so is this part of the reason so you don't have to spend all this money, or why did you choose Crayolas? I found a love for Crayola, I would say, two years ago. Um, I definitely was not the first one to pick up a Crayola marker and start writing with it. Right. I believe I saw Ryan Hamrick several years ago do it. Um, several other artists. And I decided to try it out. And at first, I did not like it, but that was because I didn't understand it. Mm. But now I can say with confidence that if you're starting out, calligraphy with a curler marker is definitely the way to go. I think it... Is it because of the... Will it focus? You're good. Yep. So what, is it because of the shape? The shape helps, but the firmness more than anything. Ah, firmness. Okay. It does have a subtle flex, though, and that, that helps emulate the brush calligraphy. Mm -hmm. So, with brush pens, there's a lot of flex, which means there's not much resistance between the pen and the paper, which creates some not-so-pleasant letter forms if you're just starting out. Um, I, I think with a Crayola marker, the firmness and I, I guess the friction between the, the marker and the paper definitely helps. And it, they're not intimidating. Mm -hmm. Almost everyone can easily access them. They're cheaper than most markers. You know, I, I could go on, but it's just, it's just a fun way to introduce calligraphy without it 
being so scary. Or serious, right? Like you can pick a color instead of it being so freaky, right? Like freak, and it's bigger. I think it, it, for me, that was like, oh, I have to kind of commit to a big shape. But in a way, maybe that's how we need to do it. We need to start like that. Yeah. I mean, you can move faster with Crayolas. Uh, you can create some really unique textures. Or you can go slow. It just, it all depends on you. And, right. you know, when I first started copper plate calligraphy with a dip pen, the, when, when you do the upstrokes, it would, like, snag on the papers, like a terrible sound. And it didn't do anything to my confidence. I was like, ugh, giving up. I didn't give up, but that, you know, curl markers don't do that. And I always recommend like a uh, card stock because it's mm -hmm. a little smoother. I feel like they emit their ink a little better on card stock. So I want to answer Nate's question. We have a couple more questions from the audience. Um, but Crayligraphy is a course and it actually, there's uh, one lesson and you can sign up today and, um, and you can get on the newsletter and then he'll tell you more about it. But can you kind of go through that a little bit, kind of what that process is and, and what people should expect and then, um, and then tell people how they can find, you know, more information about crayligraphy. And I'm going to put the link in the chat right now. Sure. So if you sign up, you do get a free guide. Um, I'm making a big update soon. I know I keep saying that, but I promise it's coming now that I'm settled into my home and it has been on a hiatus for the last four months. And again, I blame that on just the transitioning and living out of a suitcase and for me and my two daughters. So it's been a, it's been a really tough challenge this summer, but, um, starting on Monday, I will resume crayography and yeah. And it, when you sign up, you'll be the first to know, um, when a new tutorial is released and I plan on releasing weekly tutorials. So these are tutorials we will get in our email. Will they be on YouTube? Will these be video and they'll have a PDF? What, what is it exactly? So that, yes, it starts from the beginning and I, it literally says, let's begin on the very first mm -hmm. tutorial. And from there, we go to the basic strokes and so on. So within the next installment, we'll have three sections within each Crayola marker. So the first three were the orange marker. Mm -hmm. Divide it with an interview. And then the next three will be the green marker. And I did a, an interview with Matt Vergotis, who is another well-known uh, calligraphy and hand, hand lettering artist and he dives into lefty calligraphy because he's phenomenal and a lot of left-handers are intimidated because you know we we write naturally from from left to right so when you're a left-hander you're going to run into your ink with your hand and smearing can happen just a lot of issues so Matt within that interview kind of describes his techniques and his method and it definitely helps out. I've, I've got a lot of good responses from that. But you're right-handed, right? I am right-handed. Okay. 
but I had a lot of questions about, uh, you know, what do left-handers do? Right. But I was like, wait, if you're left-handed and then you wrote calligraphy with your right hand, like you're like Da Vinci. <laughs> I am practicing. I am practicing actually every day with my left hand so I can start to understand it a little more. That's really cool. Yeah. It's tough. <laughs> it is tough. So how much time do you expect people, how much time does each lesson take? I, ex I don't, expect anything from people <laughs> they really have to want to do this you know but if if somebody really wants it what should kind of time commitment should i put into it 20 minutes a day okay which is totally doable totally doable you put 20 minutes in a, a day and you practice with intention you will get better okay 20 minutes a day every day seven every days day. Every day, yeah. Right. It's not that but, hard. I mean, I when I'm on conference calls, mm. I'm writing with a, well, with anything, but, you know, sometimes it is calligraphy or whatever. Just write your notes, jot down notes, your everyday things. So, and, and really you're just saying, so even like the grocery list thing, I, are you doing that a big-ass piece of paper? No. <laughs> Like, are you practicing with a different, are you practicing with Crayolas on a tiny little piece, like lined paper like this? I don't know what's on this sheet of paper, but do you know what I mean? Or are you doing? No. Uh, okay. If, if you are writing smaller, I definitely recommend the super tips or the, uh, the uh, pip squeaks. Um, if, yeah, there you go. If you're writing a little bit bigger, the traditional or the original Crayola markers are best. Okay, yeah, the pip squeaks do work on that lined paper. Not that I'm going to show you people, but I did it just now. Okay, so how do you think craniography is different? There's lots of people doing tutorials. How? Why is why is yours different? How is it going to break things down for us in a different way? How's it better? So, when I'm writing these tutorials, I literally have pen in hand or marker in hand. So I'm. I'm typing with one hand. <laughs> Not really. I'll write it, type, write, type. So I'm going through oh, each pretty, step. pretty much every movement within the process. Mm -hmm. I have yet to find any tutorials that are like that when it comes to calligraphy, where they really break, they break down step. every single step, whether it's extending your, your forefinger or adding more pressure to the marker and when to do that, um, I just feel like that getting that specific is going to help people. True, absolutely. So Nate had a couple questions that he sent super early, and I want to make sure we get them done. Um, yeah. I know we're almost out of time. Um, so do you find it hard to stand out in the market as it seems like hand lettering has really blown up in the past couple of years? And how do you do that? How, how do you continue to stand out? That's a good question. Um, you know, I saw a t uh, tweet this morning about uh, kind of on this topic about just how hand letters are just oversaturated. And hmm. I forget how this person worded it, but, you know, my response to that is we're in a design community. And if you're going to 
niche down even more, we're in a lettering community. There's, let's just say 300,000 of us on Instagram, probably more. There's 7 billion people in this world and we're surrounding ourselves or following these people within this pool. Of course, that's going to seem like a lot. Of course, it's going to seem oversaturated, but it's, it's what you do with it that makes you stand out, you know, make, you know, find inspiration from this song and this illustrator. What inspires you about that? Combine the two, make a baby. And, you know, my response to that tweet was there's, there's guitarists, there's millions of guitarists, right? You know, how do they stand out? Well, some of them, play professionally some of them do it for a passion or a hobby whatever it they find it cathartic same way with calligraphy and lettering you know if if you really want to do it you want to make a living out of it then then you you strive for that or if you think it's just something that you like to do that you enjoy to do like the adult coloring books that are <laughs> raging right now but they're not like adult like i always hate calling them that because it sounds like it's like xxx it's just like coloring books for Four older adults. people <laughs> yeah yeah you know it's just it's whatever you make of it well i like what ryan uh kyle said kyle said colin is colin and i believe that's what makes him stand out it's not about about it's not about being like everybody else it is actually finding what what you do and what you do well. And one of the things that you do well is you really listen to clients and you give them what they need. And so it's not always about this Colin style, um, right. but there's lots of letters who really do have a certain style and that you just need to be true to what you're doing and um, continually be growing, I think. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So had a, a, so Nate asked another, um, that was Nate's question and Nate had one more. It said your work has an awesome mid-century vibe, which it does. It's great. Um, are there any old school letterers that you look up to? I know you talked about doing the vintage going, looking at vintage stuff and antiquing. Um, and do, do you use anybody specifically for inspiration? No. And to tell you the truth, <laughs> tell you the truth, I, I'm bad at names or, pointing specific work to a lettering artist from back in the day, but I, no, I don't, um, you know, every once in a while, yeah, I'll go on Google or Pinterest and I can kind of be inspired by that, but it's really what I surround myself with, the people I surround myself with, the items, um, that's what gets me going. All right, so had a couple questions. Austin, who I think is, has, you're friends with Austin. He's a videographer. He's Austin great. Sailor. Yeah, Good yeah. Guy. So, um, yeah, I stalk Austin also. So, if you had to choose, would you? This is Austin saying this. If you had to choose, would you rather get your pieces nearly perfect in terms of correct letter forms, or pushing boundaries with your letters, lettering? Yeah, I like breaking rules and pushing boundaries. Uh, for sure. I do some weird ligatures. I, you know, sometimes they don't even make sense or that just, you know, why, why are you doing that? I ask myself, but it's fun. You know, lettering is, yeah, it should be legible or readable, but you can make it fun. 
And I like to push those boundaries for sure. So do you think it's important? This is my question, not anybody else's. Do you think it's important that you learn the rules first and then you break them? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Because otherwise you don't know what you're doing and how you're pushing, right? Right. Yeah. What so, rules are there to break if you don't know them? And so explain what a ligature is. If any somebody doesn't know, if they're, this is a first day at type school. Uh, so a ligature is the connection. I hope I'm saying it's any right. any two letters. If they're uh, a relationship between two letters, where either uh, a swash is connected to the other letter form, and this and the swash is can be uh, uh, what is it? Um, like this is a ligature. F I right? Sure. Or an F L. Um, so the tittle is gone, but it could be two F's that. And again, this is not like great, like Colin would draw it, but it is with my pip squeak, but like the FF, right? So it just, yeah. if they share some things, so you, you go bold with what is a ligature, right? right. That's what you were saying. You go kind of funky with the ligatures. Can I share? Please. Real quick? Yeah. That way. Okay. Share screen. Oh, yep. Yeah. Yay. Oh, hey, look, there it is. So oh. the G, oops, the G and the S here, that's a ligature. Mm -hmm. It's a combination of two letters. Sometimes it can be, it can be a connection, but yeah. So the G and recharge and the S and show. That's yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks for making that. Um, so a couple more I want to just make sure we um, <laughs> Austin wants to call them legs instead of legs I guess oh they could be legs you could call them anything you want Austin all right so May asked how do you feel about beginners trying to find shortcuts in lettering and calligraphy for example using Adobe capture CC on the creative cloud instead of learning how to use the pen tool properly or maybe like in illustrator using um, live trace. I would say <laughs> work with what you have. If you don't have Illustrator, work with what you have. Um, if you don't have the right utensil, that's why I say go get some Crayola markers. Right. That's pretty easy. Um, what was the second part of that? Oh, boogers. Um, sorry. Uh, she asked, um, and I sort of added that. So finding shortcuts in lettering and calligraphy. And then she said, um, if you use like something like Adobe Capture instead of learning how to use the pen tool properly. Yeah. So again, yeah, just, just work with what you have. Um, if, if you find a lot of times beginners will find out that they don't even enjoy it. So what's the point in going out and spending all this money on pens or software? if you're not even going to enjoy it. Right. So um, a bunch of people in the chat have kept saying the vector machine. And so I don't know what that is. So I'm going to look it up. But do you know what that is? Can you explain that to the us? The vector machine is a name that Bob Ewing coined. Okay. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I'll let Bob explain it. But I I'll do my best, Bob. Um, 
basically people thinking or thinking that what we do as hand lettering artists mm. um, is easy enough to just run through a vector machine. So in goes the, illustri the illustration of the lettering. Mm -hmm. Out comes the final product of a neatly vectorized composition. It's not that easy, but it's a, uh, oh, it's a great name for that. Yeah, like a fax. <laughs> but so really what you're saying is just as long as if you take 20 minutes every day for a year and you practice lettering on paper, you need to say, take another 20 minutes to practice making the vectors perfect. And if you don't know, I mean, the, the goal is to have less points on a vector. Um, it's not to have thousands and thousands of points. And so when you run it through, um, live trace it's doing tons and tons of points and so if you're not working on something that's going to be up for a brand maybe and it's just a one-off piece that might be okay um but if you're working on something that is going to be blown up and all the letters are going to be huge at some point then you probably want to redraw that in illustrator or whatever you right. can afford um and and have the goal at least this is how i was taught and this is what i teach is that you want the least amount of points. Now, it doesn't mean that your whole letter should be five points, right? There's no hard and fast rule. Right. But again, it is making your point, your toggles like this instead of something odd, you know, so you're having, you know, that they're always, yeah. I don't know. So, you know. so I, don't, I don't say don't ever use live trace because I definitely have, um, especially when I want that vintage leading look from my from my letter forms but even then after live trace I go in and I spend more time deleting anchor points or you know rounding the curves of those subtle little inconsistencies I spend more time doing that than I would perfecting a smooth letter form so it just it's just what works for you and you know, I, I never say don't ever try live trace, but it, it, it can definitely be a handy tool once in a while. Right. So we didn't get through everything, and I'm kind of bummed. But so what's your favorite letter? Do you have a favorite letter today? I would say the letter B, the uppercase B, and... S. Upper or lower? Either way. Oh. Yeah. Nice. All right. So what Daniel had one question. I think it has to do with the package. And the names are just just as clever as they are in the Crayola crayon box. So how consistent are the color package to package? Package to package? Colors package to package. I guess this color to the color I drew on my thing. They're pretty close. Um, I can't see that. I don't know why it's not focusing. There we go. Yeah, I'd say it's pretty close. Uh, yeah. I, Maybe not. I don't know. It looks pretty, pretty good to me. Yeah, I would say so. I think sure. that's what I was asking. I don't know what, I don't know what B, I mean, I know what BS means, but I don't think that's what they're trying to say. Anyway, can we know. can we do a uh, live calling you out? For yes. Okay. So explain what calling you out is, and then we'll pick, you'll you can pick a name, and then you'll do a 
Oh, a BS. Uh, <laughs> oh, I got it. No, I'm with you. It's ESPY. I'm, I'm too <laughs> focused on what's going on over here. I can't. <laughs> so, okay, so tell them what calling you out is. Uh, so, it's, I guess, a pun using my name <laughs> or a dad joke. <laughs> I'm a big fan of those. And every week I, well, it started off with, people consistently asking on social media, hey, would you write my name? And it's like, yeah, I mean, you want to pay me some money? Or <laughs> what do you want this for free? What do you want? Right. So after a while, I just was like, you know what? If you can't beat them, join them. So I'm going to call someone out every week. And, well, I try to do it every week, but sometimes, you know. So every week I choose a name that I randomly pick through a number generator. Whatever number comes up, I you know go down the list, and that's the person whose name gets either calligraphed or hand-lettered for the next week, and it just keeps going on and on and on. So some people in the chat right now <laughs> use their not. So somebody's name Windows 7. So that would be hilarious if that person <laughs> is the number generator list. But um, so I do make sure that they don't use brand names or handle names. If their handle name is their true name, then that's okay. Okay. And they have to, they have to preface this with the hashtag call me out, C-O-L-M-E-O-U-T. So... I'm not sure if once we're done the show, that will, will we still be able to see the chat? Yep. Yep. As, right. as, done, as soon as we're done recording, I'll stop the record and then we'll, uh, is that it? C-O-L-M-E-O-U-T? That's it. That's okay. it. So whoever wants to be in the drawing, just hashtag call me out and write the name that you want or your name. It can be a loved one, a friend or whatever. Right. Okay. So Samantha just did it right. So, that I was earlier calling Vincent. Um, so you do hashtag call me out and then your name. So, yep. and, all right, we're and gonna give to you some time. personalize it. I will send them a free print of their name and wow. yeah, or the yep. name they choose. All right. So then they'll have to give us what, so we're, we'll, um, I'm going to say finish it up, but we'll keep staying on. Okay. Um, all right. So thank you. Thank you so much um, for being on today. It was, I thought it was really great and I learned a lot and I took a ton of notes. Well, thank you for having me. That Those look great. <laughs> well, these were not pretty notes, but these were me learning things and um, writing stuff down. So I think it's always good. We didn't get through everything, but I think maybe um, in the middle, how long is cradligraphy going to be? How many weeks? Do you know? Yeah, so I would say almost 30 total, a little less. Wow. But let's see, you have uh, three tutorials per marker, um, and we saved the yellow marker for interviews. So, yeah. Cool. Just We'll see. What around there? So, um, all right, so you're – is the whole thing 30 for free? Are you going to be selling this course, right? So the I, eventually I would like to make a 
a more specific course with videos, um, more more jam packed and more explanation. Thirty's a lot. Yeah, I've been told that uh, they go a little spe too specific by some of my level up friends, <laughs> but um, you know maybe I'll condense them a bit. We'll see. This is all kind of. I'm learning as I go too. I've never taught anything, so. Well, I never had any classes on how to teach. You can learn if I can learn, so. <laughs> Neither did your professors, more than likely. There's no education required in our, we just have to be good at what we do, so. There you go. And Link says you're a great teacher, so. Uh, thank you. Keep going. All right, so next week we have Hibba. Um, oh, and I had practiced it this morning in the shower. Oh, abdicator. I'll be able to say it next week faster than that. But um, if you don't know, Hiba is amazing and she's great. She's got a ton of drive and she's got a ton of energy and she's super nice. And she's doing UX, UI. She's a mom. She's juggling all this stuff. And I think it's uh, going to be really inspirational for everybody who's trying, like Colin, you're a dad, you're trying to do this and you're working a 40 hour a week job. So, we're going to get into some of that stuff with um, HIPAA too. So I'm real excited to have her on. So I hope I'll see you guys all back next week. And Colin, just thank you so much. You were great today. And I'm thank glad. You, Diane. Thanks for, we'll just have to do another one to get the rest of this in. So I'd love to. That'd be great. And we'll, we'll pick something in the middle of the craligraphy. There you go. Maybe I'll be thank improving you. and I can show a piece with my pip squeak. Or something. You're already starting out great. So. Well, um, thank you guys, and we're going to keep the calling you out going, and I'm going to hit stop.